Hello and welcome to the Impact Your Fitness podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz and today I'm going to discuss the wear patterns inside of joints. So that's what I said, inside of joints, not just wear and tear. We've heard that term before. So one theory I have is that the more we understand about joints, the more we will be amazed and excited about how it's all staying together and then have some respect for our process of improving our joints and keeping them healthy. Personally, I'm very interested in bones, soft tissue, muscle, ligaments, (laughs) Um, and actually excited to talk about this stuff. So this isn't fake giggling. I'm pretty excited. One of my favorite topics. (laughs) And today, what I would like to discuss is this wear pattern inside of joints and give you some tips on how to program for that. So personally, I have some experience with this, but I know for a fact it is a problem in our country. In fact, there was this huge uh, survey in 2014 that said that orthopedic pain and orthopedic issues were the second most common reason people visited the doctor. And as I'm saying it, I'm wondering if it's even first. But this included back pain, arthritis pain, and how people were complaining about dysfunction in their joints. Like if you can't move your joint, it's dysfunctional. So, or if you can't move it well, it has some dysfunction. And if it has pain, there's usually some inflammatory process involved as well. So wear and tear, it's a term that's often given to these painful joints. Yes, joints wear down. And at the studio here in Alexandria, we like to call them wrinkles on the inside. (laughs) And that's a positive and light way to explain this truth of life, which is that joints do indeed wear down. So I have a million examples of this excitement for anatomy. I talk about with my clients all day, and that's why this podcast exists, so that these conversations can continue and deepen. But what really struck my curiosity way back when, when I was struggling with my own knee injuries just in my early 20s, after having multiple surgeries and really being really unsatisfied with the questions and the answer or the answers I was getting to my questions about my joint health. And so, you know, and and beyond like the childhood things that I loved, I've always loved anatomy. This goes everywhere from how Anne Rice used to write about vampires <laughs> uh, all the way to, you know, Halloween costumes. And I started strength training and looking at anatomy books from a very early age. So it's beyond that. What really struck my curiosity was, was this really out-of-the-ordinary story that I heard about John Elway, uh, who was like one of the Broncos' great quarterbacks of all time, and muscle activation techniques, what I practice now. And so this is an, an outlier. This isn't the thing we should expect, the story that I heard, which was John Elway had the last few years of his career 
without having his ACL uh, ligaments repaired in his knee. So he was out there trying to win championships with pretty, with knees that were deficient in a ligament, which is a pretty crazy thing to do. But that's what I'm doing. (laughs) So I said, wow, that's like, that's my hero. That's my Pegasus. And I just kind of became obsessed with ligaments and tissue, a soft tissue around the knee since then. So that was 15, 20 years ago. Anyways, that's just about my excitement. We're not going to talk about John Elway's ligaments or his performance. This episode is one of the things that I'd like to share with all of my clients. It's like a perspective that separates a superficial view of the body from one that respects the body. And if you are investing in your health, your longevity, having respect for the body is key. It's, I think, one of the, if if there is a rule around here, that's it. (laughs) Grow and learn to respect the body and practice it. So respecting the body, basically, I, you know, it will give, get us much further and further in longevity in the pursuit of longevity, uh, then the more is better and, and no pain, no gain conversations in exercise. So if those are even conversations. So this conversation might not be for the more is better kind of mentality. So you can keep going <laughs> if, if you don't have that mentality or, you know, choice is yours. That's why I love podcasts. So the superficial view of the body is problematic. And for me, this is actually different than just a desire to look and feel good. And I know that's a lot of people's motivation for working out, no shade. Like I love looking in the mirror after a workout and I'm okay with that. But that doesn't mean I have a superficial view of the body. I'm referring to only assessing the outside of the body and holding that as truth for what is happening on the inside of the body. And this happens all the time. So uh, I have some examples. Clients that I know, they have pain, but they don't look like they're in pain. Like they're not looking older or they don't look unhealthy. And they're told by their medical provider that they might have uh, psychosomatic pain or it's all in their head. And they don't feel validated. They feel crazy, if you will. There's a lot of examples of this in TV. (laughs) Um, And mental health, too. So that's one way. It's basically being profiled for the way you look. Uh, Another way that this happens is in alignment and posture and being viewed only as an ex- through an external lens, like your feet must always have arches and face forward. You know, that's, I'm stopping myself from ranting is what's happening right now. Okay, so another way that this looks, looking at an exercise machine and assuming that it lines up with joints and not making any adjustments for how your joints move. That's another way that this happens pretty often. Another way is expecting a trainer expecting or a YouTuber expecting everyone to squat and deadlift the same or apply the same exercise to them. Again, they're only looking at how an exercise is performed from the outside. 
So my questions on like, you know, getting a more internal perspective of the body is asking the question, how do we get total function of our joints, even though they do have some wear down patterns in them? Meaning the tissue has been damaged, the cartilage has been damaged, there's calcifications. So I'm going to get into like a list of what those things might be. But we have to start from the same place, the foundation of having respect for your movement and structure and meaning and how that influences us. That's the starting point. Uh, It's a start that most of the fitness and even physical therapy industry, they don't practice this. They may have learned some of the factors of this, but the protocol fix it, numb it culture of medicine has made it impossible for them to use on a functional basis. Just my observation, don't know who agrees with me, and I'll stop any incoming rant here and truthfully very happy that I made it through the first half of this podcast without a rant blowing up inside my brain. Okay, so we'll start with that list of what is joint wear and tear? What are the stages of it? And so I was perusing Instagram and my friends over at Fitness Integrated Science, Lauren Erk, posted this great, you know, carousel post uh, about this very thing. And she references the Osteoarthritis Research Society International and their guidelines for non-surgical management of knee osteoarthritis. So these are the four stages of joint wear. One is the softening phase. This is where the cartilage that covers the ends of the bones in the joint becomes softer and less resilient. Okay. Stage two, the fibrillation phase. The cartilage then becomes, it starts to break down and it forms small cracks or fissures. So I think we're, you know, as we get to stage four, we're going to get more and more damaged basically. So stage three, the erosion phase, the cartilage begins to wear away and that exposes the underlying bone. And I actually have that now and I don't have any pain or grinding or popping. Well, I probably need to get a x-ray to confirm that it's still there. Stage four, bone on bone. Man, I've heard this term so many times. Cartilage that has completely worn away and the bones in the joint are rubbing directly against each other. This is, you know, pretty late set (laughs) on, you know, arthritis. And it's really just important to find it out early on and adjust your strength training accordingly. I want to share another really cool view of exercise from the inside. Now this is this was told to me by a gentleman called Tom Purvis of the resistance training specialist. You can also see his video purchase his videos at personaltraining.com and you know, I he doesn't like to be quoted. So I'll say this is my interpretation of what he said. <laughs> but you know, he's one of the people that like really sparked Uh, some of my anatomy curiosity, um, or furthered it along its curiosity. And he has this interesting term for 
the maintenance of these appropriate, of the contact surfaces, not appropriate, the contact surfaces. So I just mentioned in stage four of joint wear that there's bone on bone where the contact surfaces are touching each other. Well, the management and the maintenance of the appropriate amount of contact surface, he calls centrifugation. And it's a detailed look at how the joint maintains the integrity of the surface areas. So the lack of integrity of surface areas would be that bone on bone or fissuring or cracking of the cartilage. So here's the interesting thing is that contact surfaces are fundamental for how movement occurs. Movement is orchestrated for these joints to basically stay together. Our brain wants the joint to be stable when the body is moving. So maintaining that appropriate axis and appropriate orientation is really important. So think about the center of an axis or of a wheel and that holding stable while the bike and the wheels are moving via the gears. So a dysfunctioning bike is, you know, I'm trying to imagine a wheel like losing its axis and how dangerous that would be. Okay, so that's the the visual I'm trying to give you for how joints maintain contact surfaces or the appropriate amount of contact surfaces. It's typically a convex and concave surface, just like if you take one hand and make a fist and you make a open surface with your other hand and you put them together and you push, that's convex and concave. So it's a dynamic management, really, of forces that are happening all at once to maintain the body's movement. It's very cool when you think about it. I am sure my words are not giving it justice. Uh, Even just maintaining against gravity or riding a bike casually is a lot of forces to be calculated to hold these things in places. So it's really... Joint wear and tear comes from the lack of integrity of intra-joint motion. And that's actually all about like small micro-adjustments and micro-movements along the way of big movements. Joint management and joint stabilization prevent inappropriate motion. So those are two terms from Tom Purvis as well. And I haven't reviewed this info in a while, so I'm not going to get too much into that, but just imagine that appropriate motion is like a puzzle piece. Imagine a jigsaw puzzle with a piece out of place, but also holding space. Does that work? Would only a single piece be out of place? I don't think so. So the integrity of the puzzle relies on these, you know, contact surfaces and so does joint motion. So what is inappropriate motion? of a contact surface management. It's when the joint doesn't maintain an optimal axis. The body doesn't love this and will try to stop it. If the joint cannot maintain integrity, what does this mean? You know, it means, I imagine, like tightening muscle, tightened muscles, blocked movement, really 
you know, different types of pain or subluxation or popping, not popping, subluxation. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't ever pretend to, like, imagine how many ways this plays out in the body. But there are just so many influences and affected tissues from, like, one jigsaw piece. And it could be ligaments. It could be pressure from fluid that has an influence here. It could be nerve influenced. It could be tendon influenced. It could be brain influenced. There's just a lot of options <laughs> besides muscles, you know. So I, I just think it's, you know, one really interesting, not again, not to like force change on the body because if your body's like avoiding certain movements, it might be because the maintenance of the contact surfaces is at risk. And I, I don't know, I just don't think you should force it. And this is a huge factor. These are these ideas are only to promote really smart exercise design and not necessarily scare anyone or say that joint pain is inevitable. You know, I'm I'm a person who walks around with arthritis and has no pain. So my x-rays do not reflect how I move. My x-rays don't reflect how I feel. And so that's why I kind of wanted to share this, you know, really cool inside view of the body. And I think it can impact your fitness, and I think it should impact your exercise design. If you want more info on that, we talk about that in the Be Your Own Exercise Guru that's my course. You can find more info about that in the show notes or at jennifersimoneschwartz.com. I also would love if you would give us a virtual high five, uh, maybe on iTunes, maybe on Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Think Fit, Be Fit Podcast. We're everywhere, oh, all over the internet. And thank you so much for being here this week. I love doing this show. And if you have any questions or suggestions, let us know. Have a great week. <laughs>